1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the year's third major U.S. Open bets. One and done. The Quick Picks course preview plus a recap of the Canadian Open. Something we always gloss over because it's U.S. Open week. But I think we need to talk about this one. But a reminder to all of you out there, we need to get the numbers up for the show and the numbers up for the Listeners League. The Listeners League right now on DraftKings, 60% full already on a Monday morning. If you don't get your spot now, you are going to miss out. So, hit the link in the description, get your three spots, over $100,000 of guaranteed rake-free money. Easy stuff. Smash like and sub to the channel while you're here as well. And give me your winner down in the description. I don't care what the odds are, who do you think is going to win this week at Los Angeles Country Club? Jeff Feinberg, reporter of the people, was on site all week at Oakdale, his home course. How was it?
3: It's fantastic, Pat. And I would say if any if I surprised anyone this week with what I did, then, you know, you're just getting to know me and you'll get to know me better. But anyone who knows me like wasn't surprised about about how I took advantage of the property from go. I was on property Monday through Sunday at least once a day. And by Tuesday, I'd found myself a parking hack right nearby, like a three minute walk. And I could even go home for like a rest and go back later in the day, like 15 minutes away from me. So, uh, yeah, I crushed it. I crushed it. I would say maybe there was one miscalculation off the top, but you got to put yourself out there and had Tommy won, it would have just added to the glory But I like my video to start the week was probably cringe. And I don't mind doing that. Like people do cringe things all the time. Like I will never participate in some gender reveal for the internet. Like that's cringe. I'll cringe myself out in the ways I want to. And for a golfer like Tommy Fleetwood, that's what I did. But it was totally unnecessary, Pat, because from the moment I arrived on property Monday, there were like 10 guys there and he was just on the range doing his thing and he sees me finno sees me then they go like say something to the swing coach and then they all look at me and giggle so they like definitely made fun of me but it was awesome and then he gave me all the time i needed like we chatted up on monday and you know it would have been it would have been incredible like it would have been like maybe my mona lisa had he actually won But it was still fantastic for club and country. Like, for club and country, what a freaking week. What a freaking week. Guest fees just went up. I am certain of it. Like, wow.
2: It's interesting because obviously me and you and almost everyone who watches this show probably had a Tommy Fleetwood outright. Very few had Nick Taylor outrights. But we are in the unique position... Of being Canadian and not having a Canadian win since 1954, they kept showing the Pat Fletcher clips. And what I found hilarious about the Pat Fletcher clips was, although he was probably like 28 or 30 at the time, because the footage is so old and with the way that he was dressed, he just looked like everyone's grandpa, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Despite him being the you know 10 years younger than I am at the moment, either way, I wanted to root on Nick Taylor, and I kept looking at hedge opportunities. I was like there. There shouldn't be any way that Fleetwood is going to lose this, although I had a very ominous feeling when he stood on the 18th tee, n- knowing he had blown both par fives already earlier in Ugh. the day. It just seemed like par threes and the short par fours is where he was making his money, and the par fives where he was just not doing well. So I was in this weird position of, what am I going to do? Who am I going to root for here? Obviously, I rooted for my money and not Nick Taylor, but it was still a great moment. If there's ever a bet to lose, that's probably the bet. And one thing that I think gets overlooked in all of this being a national open, and now we're setting off a string of a bunch of national opens in a row, although we're not, we're going to get the US Open this week. Doesn't seem like the PGA really cares because it's not really affiliated with the DP in this way for the French Open and the Irish Open the next two weeks, and then it's the Scottish Open and the Open Championship, and I believe the German Open is the week after that. Is that? It it didn't necessarily feel like a Ryder Cup atmosphere, but I thought it was pretty unique and pretty fucking cool that all the Canadians stayed around on eighteen. To watch the playoff and watch Nick Taylor but then we also had Rose and Hatton although I guess Aaron Rye wasn't invited to like the British invasion but Shane Lowry got special UK membership uh, although he's probably Fleetwood's good friend although he's from Ireland but all of those guys like having beers Mark Hubbard was just having beers with the friends it's very rare that you see the players stick around watch a playoff and kind of soak it up the atmosphere was incredible
3: yeah, I don't know why maybe extra guys stuck around because RBC provided a charter that wasn't going to leave um, <laughs> so maybe that's like a reason why we got a few extras but that was great and I got to do a long term PME Mia culpa I've like long come around that Justin Rose is the most improved social media presence <laughs> ever and I used to think he was just like not like he thought he was cool but he wasn't cool bro He left me, like, he left me frozen at the end, like, because I was in a great spot. I almost didn't even watch the last hole because I was in my great spot to be there to, like, greet, like, greet. And it would have been, I'd have gone into the clubhouse with Tom. I, I mean it. I'd have gone freaking. His dad invited me inside the ropes on Wednesday. We walked it. And I'm like, listen, I'd rather be invited. He goes, I just invited you. Tommy practices way too seriously. There was like none of that during practice, but like we were there like right beside, but I wasn't going inside with him. Like I could with Pendy and, and Cockrell who, who invited me and that was awesome. And Moronk that was cool. He missed the cut. What a some gag, some chips right away. I knew maybe we could be in trouble, but that's my own fault. Um, but Rose back to Rose. I said, thanks for coming, Justin. Like, great to see you. And he goes like, thanks mate. And gave me a wink that just left me frozen. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he left me frozen. He just, such coolness. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. So full retraction, all time. I'd already come around on the retraction, but like now I'm retracting things I still thought were true from a bygone era. So yeah, Justin Rose, the man. I don't know where else we were here, but yeah, it was, it was freaking it was freaking awesome, all of it. I had a, I had a hoot. I had a total
2: hoot. That's two years in a row, the Canadian Open, both located in the city of Toronto. Because when it was at Glen Abbey, that's in Oakville. You got to get on like a train to get out there. It really did seem like it being in the city, easy access for everyone to get to, brought out a younger and rowdier crowd the last two years. And I don't know, it's, it's not quite Phoenix North, but it's a very unique atmosphere from basically every other golf tournament now.
3: I'll say this though, Pat, I've been to golf tournaments in Arizona, uh, no in Florida. You just see it on TV in Arizona. Maybe it's a bit different. It's like a 98 to 2% like bro ratio here though. (laughs) Like in Florida, like they're, they're out there. They're out there in the, in the and like looking good in the daytime here. There's none of that. Only like when the Atlantis concert was Saturday night, did the ratio like really start to turn on property. It's like a heavy, like the rank, it's like 99.8% just dudes. <laughs> like, not that that's a bad thing. Golf fans, we love our golf boys. We're getting lit and rowdy. It's a good time. But yeah, like the bro ratio out here is like bigger than any other golf tournament I've been to, man.
2: Well, it, well, I think it makes sense because it's inside of a very few of these tournaments actually take place inside of. I mean, it's not downtown, but it's close enough to the downtown core of the city where you get
3: there in 20 minutes from downtown on the highway on like a weekend without. I mean, traffic sure, but like half hour, 20 minutes closest.
2: Sure. You yeah. could you could take a 20 minute Uber to the course if you really wanted to. Yeah,
3: yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All the same. Yeah, it's very close. Accessible It's the first like Canadian Open that's actually close to a subway station which uh, I think also, like, helped a great deal. And I heard dudes from Gulf Canada saying that they don't think the Open's ever going to be held out of Toronto for a really long time, and that's honestly a total shame. You may as well call it RBC Toronto. That's a total shame. I get why, but... It's a total shame because we got great courses all over.
2: We do, but not every course, not every place. Like I know the national uh, keeps getting asked to do the Canadian Open, but they yeah, they don't want it. Their their members don't want it, and the players don't want it either. Because I think the courses is just they don't want they don't want that sort of test if they're gonna play that. And then the U.S. Open the week after. I just hope some of this rowdiness carries over into next year for the President's Cup in Montreal because that would be an awesome scene.
3: And hey, if we get those live guys back um you know not that we could beat the americans but it seems like it'd be a better fight and yeah montreal will be turned Montreal's going to be awesome i can't wait for that but, and i guarantee you it'll be lit like this was
2: i see i don't know because it's i mean i don't know how far outside because i was looking at like rental houses to get there for the week of the president's cup it's quite a bit outside of montreal
3: i was unaware it said royal montreal yeah, I mean, it, it's it's I
2: don't I don't even know if it's actually technically within city limits, but it's gonna take a while. it's not near the downtown core is what, what I'll throw out there. Okay, yeah,
3: I don't know. That's such a big event, and like the best players. I mean, like the best. I mean, obviously the international players will have superstars, but. You bring those 12 Americans, uh, people are going to drive an hour to see them.
2: Oh, yeah, but I think it's going to be different. Like, if you want to create that atmosphere, I think the centralized location of both St. George's last year, Oakdale this year, that I think that lends itself to people who, you know, might not want to take a $150 Uber or they're going to drive out. So they're not going to drink at the course. So then they got to drive home. Like, all of that was off the radar. You could get to the course cheap, the tickets were cheap, and you can get as drunk as you want and take the subway home.
3: Yeah, you stay for uh and they put on the, the black IPs and Atlantis concert. So they, they do, you know, uh try to entice people. I don't know, seemed like uh seemed like a great event. Even people who weren't really for it as part of the clubs. Like I don't know that it's undeniable now. It's undeniable. Like we're coming back in twenty-six. Uh anyone who even starts a no campaign, I will I'll consider them an enemy. <laughs> And if I'm ever playing in front of you, I will be the slowest player you ever played in front of. Like, for life. I got nothing to do. I got all the time in the world.
2: Ah, so you're going to be like those guys that played in front of I on Friday.
3: If you're behind me and I find out that you're campaigning no, that's who I am. I I saw a lot of no's. I took some pictures of some no guys having a ball. And I'll like put them up in the boardroom at the on the projecting
2: screen, Exhibit A. That's great. That's that's very petty. Well, next year it's in, how I roll. How ne- I roll. Next year it's in Hamilton, and then the, it doesn't seem like there is a site for two years from now. So I'm curious what happens to that, and then it's back here in three years. Yes.
3: So St. George's, as we mentioned a few times, their membership just this Christmas voted down the return in twenty five. Um, So maybe like having Rory battle Rose and Finau wasn't enough for their membership. So maybe I'm overstating what the Canadian Heritage moment means for for our membership. But um, yeah, I don't know. That seems like there's a hole now, and that's unfortunate.
2: I I do want to point out that Tommy cost people money two ways. One, he didn't win, although the hedge opportunity at... You know, plus money was there the entire time. I think going into the playoff, Nick Taylor was plus 115 or something like that. So you could have got out of it. I decided not to. But the over under final shot prop underscore for the week was 17 and a half. All Tommy had to do to cash everyone's bets was just make a birdie on 18, which was one of the easiest holes on the course. And then he wins, no playoff, and the actual. Under for the oh yeah, yeah the under for the cash prop ends up working out too. I'm actually shocked that people didn't get to 20 under. Although I vastly underrated how penal that rough was going to be if you miss the fairway.
3: Even on property, I kind of underrated it. I'm like, hey, okay, the rough's thick. Guys will be there. uh Yeah, I guess. I mean, I have to own it in some respects. Like the course played way harder than I thought. Um, I don't know that there's anyone familiar with the property who thought it would play uh, to the score that it played. So I, I have to own that. I tweeted, Pat, um, like on Friday morning, I felt like a dad who didn't know his child, who thought his child loves sports, but really his kid just wants to dance.
2: That's and my I, thats still- my son. He's, he's a real Billy <laughs> Elliot.
3: i'm still proud and like it's great but like i'm 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 proud and surprised and still in love um i'm happy you know no one said like shoot this place to the fucking sun like they do at craig ranch (laughs) um although 18 but we said for a while 18 as a professional golf hole was going was going to be weird but i yeah i was wrong on two major fronts the winning score and the fading canadians aspect but sort of as we talked through the show last week i think we both acknowledged like maybe we have this mindset from when we started doing golf podcast together when it was like Hearn and Dillette. And we're just like nah nah screw these guys but now we actually have a stable of like six seven guys and a field that's strong but not you know there were stars there but they could have been overcome and yeah he did it so it was freaking awesome but I was happy to be wrong on the winning score happy to be wrong on a Canadian I'm sorry if it cost you hopefully I've done good for you in the past hopefully I entertained you with some content my highlight was actually telling a rules calling out a rules official (laughs) telling me what to give him Jordan speak that drop um didn't play with the crowd but people don't know golf at golf tournaments clearly
2: so you helped out nasty Nate Lashley which in turn helped out my DraftKings lineups
3: he didn't get the drop oh, he and he made an it. insane par he made yeah that's why I heckled the rules official So Jordan Spieth would have gotten that drop uh but uh, Lashley made the most incredible shot um made the most incredible shot I'm he- playing the course tomorrow I'm gonna lose a dozen balls and shoot 140. It's okay.
2: Were you? Sho- I'm not even that. You know. Were you shocked that Nick Taylor didn't try to take a drop on the 72nd hole? It worked out for him because he made the putt. But it, you know, I mean, if it was me and I was in that tournament, I'd be like, no, I'm actually hitting driver from here. I need a very wide stance. Oh, I'm sorry. My foot is on this. Like the rules there. The best players take advantage of the rules. Nick Taylor just seemed like he wanted no part of that. Want well, no
3: part of it played it quick, got it down there, hit the eleven footer. The place went banana. Um, I never thought the creek that Rose and Hatton on number eight put it in was like in play for professional golfers. Like it's totally in play for me and and my friends and any members. But I didn't think that creek was in play at all for for pros. So that like shocked me. And Hatton with a double. Doing what he did.
2: Cost him the tournament. He had like
3: two rounds of even par and two rounds of eight under. Like, he should have won the thing. Yeah. Like a few guys. Tommy uh, burned edges all week, Then Bertie birdie par five on Saturday. Okay, we, we, we Sunday, can't talk
2: but... about Tommy burning edges when the dude gained like nine strokes putting.
3: <laughs> I know. But he's so fun.
2: He, he really couldn't hit an iron, a long iron all week. Like, he just blew up the par fives because he... Could... I, I didn't realize he didn't carry a three wood. He only carries a mini driver. who Was he fucking cussed? No, but he'd been... Buddy,
3: he'd been crushing that burner. It's this new mini burner, bro. He put on a show.
2: Yeah, he, he put, put on a, a show. He put on a show and he tried to kill the people in the grandstands on 18. I yeah, I put I, on a sh- I, I don't mind 18 as a one-off hole. I do not need to see a fucking playoff hole at that hole ever again. Oh, oh yeah.
3: I totally agree. Like, you know, I will not. Yeah, we don't even have to debate that. That seems pretty obvious. I'd argue par fives as playoff holes in general might be a little annoying
2: um but
3: whatever I, it's all I, the same.
2: I, I mean I, I get that you have the grandstands there you want to have the people there but I, I do think that it's almost and I don't know how the routing quite works there although you know you have the cart you can drive people around and then you know, the, the drunks are just going to race over to whatever hole it's going to be but make the playoff holes like three four five and six that's the th- four hardest holes on the course you're gonna get a winner pretty quickly
3: yeah, those are pretty far away logistically, but I ac- winner would come quickly. Yeah, you are right, Pat. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah, wrong.
2: give everyone fifteen minutes to get over there, and we'll start. It's gonna last two holes max. Anyway, I Listen. thought it was great. And I, I, it's funny, on the research show, I can't remember if I was talking about, about it with you or on the research show or whether it was with Tambo sometime last week that it felt like when I was going through the Canadians who I felt had the chance that Nick Taylor's name really popped out. Him and I think I actually said Svensson was the guy, but it would be that, like, seeing Connors implode on Sunday made a lot of sense, that it was going to be one of those other Canadians who no one really thought was going to do it would actually have the best chance. Because there be no pressure. There was no pressure on Nick Taylor to have a great round on Sunday. All the pressure was on Connors.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean that—that's fair. I thought. I mean, from um thought, the the course would suit the Svensons, the Taylors, the Hadwins um, better than say Pendriths and Connors. Like, just you know, it was, a, it was a bit of a shorter course, and but but Connors was playing great early. That would have been a lot of fun. But that was such a. Hatton's, like, total sad sack energy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hatton-Connors on Saturday was kind of painful, and then Connors couldn't get anything going on Sunday.
2: Yeah, the, the Hatton round was pretty painful because, you know, I had my biggest outright on Tyrrell Hatton. He was my one-and-done for the week. You know, just if he gets it on the green on 18, maybe he ends up making the eagle putt, and all of a sudden he's in that playoff. Or just, you know, have a, a reasonable Thursday or Saturday, and we're clear sailing. Yeah. 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 Well, is that going to do it for our national open? Should we move to south of the border?
3: Yeah. I'll just say one thing. I, I, I am, I left university and just sent the resume into the score. I got no training. I, I got dropped into a news pit with Gabe and cam. Okay. <laughs> my new, my journalism training is from Gabe and cam. That's 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 that that was my training. That was my feeder system.
2: Too bad Cam wasn't there. You and Cam, I should have got Cam credentials too. You guys could have double teamed the event.
3: Oh my God. Yeah, Cam went out of
2: ball. Too.
3: Cam went out of ball. And shout out to, to Paul's boy, Novak. But he was crushing
2: it all day, all week. Pa- Paul, were you the only person alive who had a pre tournament Andrew Novak to win ticket? I actually didn't bet him pre-tournament. Oh. I bet him going into Sunday, and then he absolutely shat his pants. <laughs> he couldn't handle the pressure. But, you know, he's Mexico, Canada. He's he's lingering now. Yeah, get, get, get him outside of the continental USA, and all of a sudden he's a pretty decent player. Seems that way. Novak are. Nation is international. <laughs> he has one international fan, you. All right, well, that's going to do it for the Canadian Open. It's time to move to the year's third major, which means we need to bring in a special guest to give his cursed and uncursed picks. It is Tim Andagust. Tim and
4: That is not my name.
2: Oh, are you ready for the year's third major?
4: Yes, I am. It's my favorite major, my favorite golf tournament of the year.
2: Okay, so let's, let's you got you got your three picks like you always do. Let's hear them.
4: Okay, so I am of the opinion you don't want the top of this board. This is going to be a relatively easy U.S. Open compared to others. Think more like Aaron Hills than Chinnacock Hills. That's just the nature of this U.S. Open, which opens the floodgates for any number of players to be in the mix. Um, I think the winning score is going to be well below double digits under par. We're talking fourteen, fifteen under. I think this is not going to be that hard of a track for the guys to attack, which means that, you know, just avoid the top of the board. I don't think there's much value in it. If you're forcing me to take the top of the board, you take Brooks. He's the best player in the field, but I'm not taking him. I'm going to take, as my third pick, I'm going to take Joaquin Neiman. Oh, fuck off. I think, uh, his skill set Screw you. Well for this. I fucking told Please. you this
2: yesterday. Are you trying to fuck my with second... me or what?
4: Fuck no. you. He's not my winner. My second pick Screw is Nito you. Pereira. I also, so you're also just you know, you I, I, get, I give I give, you, I give,
2: I give you my two picks yesterday. You take my picks and just try to fuck with me. I have you on. I'm trying to be nice. Fuck you. You
4: didn't. T- you, didn't t- you didn't. tell me to tell these people. You didn't tell me you were taking.
2: I told those I d- I, Do you not remember things when I tell them to you? I,
4: I have literally, honest to heavens, no memory of this.
2: Oh my god.
4: <sighs> but my pick to win is Wyndham Clark. What? <laughs> And he's by one and none. Excuse the me? The world loved him at the PG Championship. He didn't, he, he didn't play well. I told you this. I did tell you yesterday I was picking Wyndham Clark.
2: I knew that.
1: <laughs> this is uh, a
4: bit. And, yeah, there's a couple of those guys. What? I don't doubt that's what he's going to win.
3: Are you going to bet any actual real dollars on Wyndham Clark to win the U.S. Open?
4: He, he's in my, on my drafting team.
3: I mean, I don't – know. like, I like the
4: like, pick. You want me to come on here and te- – I don't understand. You want me to come on here and tell you who you want me to pick? Like, these are the three people I like the best this week.
3: No, I just mean, like, dude, it's a major. Like, you, this is – you're picking – Wyndham Clark is your, like, gold stamp pick?
4: Yes, because I think he's going to win. What does it matter? Like, I think it's a major. It's wide open. I think you don't want to hit the top of the board. I think there's a ton of value between, like – Fifty and seventy to 1, one, fifty and eighty to one, and like you should just load up there. The winner's coming from that area. Okay,
3: I also have a That's question. What I believe I've done not nearly as much course research as I would like to for a major. Normally, I would have spent like all weekend while watching golf, like just reading, listening, everything. Caught caught Pat show, and people should go watch him and him and Kenny and Ben because I feel like I'm Triple H and Jericho after after The Rock and Hogan trying to beat beat what I'm hearing the critics are saying about that show. Um, where are you getting this 15-under from? Like, most people that I've heard, I mean, it's a great unknown with the course, but why are you saying 15-under where people, some of these, like, course junkies are saying, like, seven, six, five?
4: Super, super wide fairways. That makes all the difference at the U.S. Open. If you can hit it in the fairway and have sh- shots that can spin coming into the greens, you're in great shape. And these guys have such marvelous skill with their irons and groove it in there that if you're not coming in from the rough, I think you've got an excellent chance. So I think that's a great equalizer. Essentially, whoever putts the best this weekend, I think, will win. And who will putt the best are the people who put it closest to the hole. And, uh, you know, I, I just think a really, really hard courses, you know, the cream rises to the top and you see that. But at a course where I, I just – Based on the whatever thing I can see, I don't think the going to play that hard. I mean, he's going to play hard. You know, it's a U.S. Open. It's not going to play like Quad Cities. But I don't think this is going to be a particularly difficult U.S. Open for U.S. Opens uh, in the past. And so I I think that makes it a wide open field. And I certainly wouldn't be investing in any of the short-odd guys because I just don't think there's any value there.
2: So, Jeff. I kind of see where Cust is coming from with this and the wide fairways. The part where I would push back a little bit is, yeah, if guys can hit every single fairway, it's going to make the U.S. Open a lot easier. But I think that when you take a closer look and how these fairways are contoured, especially like a lot of what the tournament directors are saying at the moment, is that there's a lot of bend to these fairways. So just because you hit it in the fairway, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stay in the fairway you're going to have to shape your shots into particular parts of the fairway in order to get it to stick it's one of those weird courses so although they're gigantic I think they're 42 yards wide they're not going to be hey I'm just going to spray it a little bit right and I'm going to be absolutely fine that I think that there are fewer fairways going to be hit for fairways of this width if that makes any sense
3: yeah that makes sense but i gotta say i've read some of the like superintendent or tournament directors comments and to me that has me concerned about integrity of an event when it's monday and he's like yeah your ball can bounce and your ball you could hit a perfect shot and it can go anywhere it can bounce anywhere i don't like that so i guess that's why i like does that help the best players does that equalize the bottom sort of tier I don't mean the bottom, but like the lesser class yeah. but still world class as Tim is is alluding to. Maybe it, it maybe it certainly does. But I don't know how like the bet he says the best players will rise to the top here. How's that possible when guys hit perfect shots and they don't know which way their ball's gonna bounce? That I find very unsettling despite visually being like beyond enamored and fascinated and thrilled to watch this week. I mean, that's Father's Day. W- wife's like, "What are you doing?" Like, "Me and my dad, we're watching the golf. That's what we're doing."
2: I think you're going to see a, a lot of similar a lot of similarities between these fairways and Augusta fairways where you kind of have to know where to hit it. But the big difference, hence why a lot of the players with a lot of experience at Augusta, regardless of age, can get it out there. Oh, if I hit it down the right, it's going to funnel this way and then I'm going to have a good angle to the hole. Everything will be fine. I think that this course is going to be set up a lot like that. However, people just don't have the same sort of experience with this course. So you can find people getting out of position very quickly. I think that in that sense, with the way that they're contoured will be a lot like Augusta. Although everyone kind of hits the fairway at Augusta because there's no rough. So you're either in the pine straw Or you're in the fairway But just because you're in the fairway Doesn't necessarily mean You have a pretty good shot At the green In a lot of those circumstances At the Masters But If we go a week later and we go to the Heritage, Jeff, that you can be on the right side of the fairway. That's great and everything. But the hole might demand that you be in the left rough because that's actually where you want to play the hole from. All I'm hearing from the designers of the course, people have been out at the course, that it's going to play a little bit more like that. It's going to be a very strategic thinking U.S. Open.
3: Okay, so... That is like off the top of my head. I don't like that for guys like Victor who I have a future on and just a player profile like a Sungjae who to me are just like, they attack pins, they never chill out. It's just we're attacking a pin. We don't care. My main question other than that, we'll get to that when me and you sort of go through the odds word, Pat, is, and maybe I'll be corrected that I'm wrong like immediately, but I feel like we're on such a run of major champions of a younger age. Like, they're just all younger now. Do you think maybe, like, this is, um, like, veterans, like, thinkers? And I, everyone's, like, pointing to Spieth. Spieth, I feel like he gets a little too much credit, or it almost doesn't give other PGA players enough credit just because he has these long-winded conversations with his caddy, which are really entertaining, that other guys aren't thinking their way through a golf course. I mean, guys like Hovland and Unsung Jae are their own sort of, like, all systems go all time, but people, like, put speed on this pedestal like other golfers. I'm not talking about DJ, but, like, these other guys don't have plans. Find that, like, really – you're really just not giving other PGA Tour players enough credit, in my opinion, and maybe giving him way too much. I don't I don't think
4: DJ has – I don't I don't think DJ
3: has a plan. Okay, no, he is – I'm saying, outside of DJ, you can't throw DJ back at me. Like, he's the guy we know – it's just sort of out there. But as a whole, I think you're not giving up, like PGA Tour golfers as a whole enough respect when you just like put Speeth up on a pedestal because his conversations are always on TV.
2: So you don't like Speeth this week?
3: You need that amazing par save. I think Cam and Speeth could be live, but if you still, if spraying it can still put you in a bad spot, maybe they're not. But I, I'm not Speeth. With this, like, miraculous par save, I would lean Cam Smith if I'm going for, like, great pedigree, who I, like, magic bean pars, that I'd lean Cam Smith. But I totally get why Spieth seems live this week. I just think that, like, oh, strategy, I'm picking Spieth, is a very not giving other PGA Tour players nearly enough credit for, like, how they prepare for golf tournaments. Tim...
4: Well, if you're looking for U.S. Open strategy, though, then Brooks is the play. Brooks won the U.S. Open at minus 18 and then won a plus one the next year. And he's he's, he you know, won the last major. He should have won the one before that. Like, Brooks is the most strategic, best U.S. Open golfer in the field. Uh, Brooks isn't the favorite. He ought to be. And if you have to pick one on the top, it's him who's probably going to win. I, I don't would, even think it's debatable.
3: Maybe Scheffler. He doesn't even have to hit putts if yeah. it's going to be a low well, U.S. The, Open winning score.
2: That's true. If, the, if if it ends up being, I mean, if it goes to, like, minus 15, like Tim is saying, then, yeah, Scheffler's probably dead because he's going to miss every putt. But if the winning score is minus 5, that, that <laughs> that's the Scheffler score. Yeah, it is. Either way, when you said U.S. Open strategic, the, the name that we always used to come to with all of this was Bryson.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he executed a fantastic strategy at wing foot. That worked there. Um I I mean look, he played great at the last major. I mean, could Bryson play well here? I mean, they always say it's good to be a bomber. If Bryson can pot, I mean that's really what it comes down to. He missed too many important pots at Oak Hill. If Bryson can putt it wouldn't shock me in the least. And if Bryson wins, Bryson's on the Ryder Cup team.
3: I have a Bryson. I made it during that last major at a 72 to one blue background website in canada and it's not even like th- they chop my knees <clears throat> out so quick on it that like i'd have to reinvest at the 50s uh but yeah i can't even include it on my ticket because it needs like to be doubled up for me to even like care about it but um uh, that's site <laughs> all
2: right tim any final thoughts on the us open before we let you out of here
4: I saw a very unusual prop bet, which makes me think I actually want to pick yes, is whether there will be an albatross. I think there's going to be. What? It plus 1,600. <laughs> it's like, like, very short odds. Suspiciously short. I'm going to take it. Are it, you going to take it, though? Like, I'm recommending it as a play. I think it's going to win. Poland one? Like yeah, this possible, is better than a whole in one.
2: Are, are, are these are either of these I par fives happening. reachable I, in two?
4: I mean, the odds are oh, so short that makes me think yes. Okay, interesting. I suppose stuff. you could also ace it on a par four, but uh, I, I just think I, I think it's going to be a very unusual, which is fine. You know, not every U.S. Open has to be the same. I think it's going to be a more of a birdie fast U.S. Open. And guys are going to take advantage of generous fairways and it's going to be a putting contest. And great. That'll be fun. It, it, it'll be good for a change to have a major where it's not just the top guys on the top of the board competing. Uh, you guys love these deep events with all these guys no one's ever heard of. Well, I mean, hopefully we get a few of them in the mix.
2: That would be great. That's what, what we want for major championships. Paul, you were going to say something. Yeah. Like Tim, Tim coming in here with like 16 to one profs. It's like nobody can bet the other side. He's got to know his audience.
4: <laughs> well, I'm not. Well, again, I'm not like, here to satisfy those people. I'm here to provide the opinions I believe. Albatross, are true.
2: no minus one hundred thousand. Sounds like free money. I have
4: no idea. Who has have no, no chance?
3: Idea.
4: Ricky Fowler has no chance. Yeah. Rory has no chance.
2: Rory has no chance of. winning.
4: Uh, no chance. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, he did win a U.S. Open in an extremely low number, but he was playing out of his mind, and he was another person back then.
3: But if it's your winning Uh, score, he has a chance. chance.
4: Well, if it was Rory of 2011, not the Rory of 2023, who struggles down the stretch and only competes when he's out of it. Uh, Yeah, so Rory's got no shot. I don't think Scheffler has much of a shot. (laughs) Long's live. Scheffler's got no shot. Uh, Those two. I wouldn't go anywhere near those two. Scheffler and who? Rory. Oh. Scheffler and Rory. I wouldn't go near them. would go near them. I think it's a better chance they don't play on the weekend than they finish in the top 10. Okay. Uh, hardest now- cut in golf. Hardest cut in golf. You're going to have big, big, big names Mr. cut. Happens at every U.S. Open because it's, it. it's the hardest cut.
2: All right. Well, takes coming from Tim Underkust. <laughs>
0: and August. Not my name.
2: All right. Very hot takes.
4: Well, I mean, I have some strong opinions about this tournament. I see that. It's all Chileans and and uh, and Wyndham Clark, who I really think is going to win.
2: Stealing my bets. I don't like that. I think
4: eight of also, his nine. Also, Kevin non- Strelman's in this event. I think Strelman's got a chance, too.
2: You think Strelman's got a chance? Is Strelman even playing? No way. Not to win.
4: Yeah, he is easy. He won a, made a qualifier. He's in.
2: Oh, he's 500 uh, to one.
4: I don't think he's got a chance to win, but I, yeah, but he's
2: got a, I think he'll play
4: the weekend. Him and I mentioned you Sergio, too. I like Sergio's form.
2: Yeah, I, I do like Sergio. Yeah. No, well. he, Sergio's 200 to one. That does that seem super
4: long, not
3: I'm really high on both of the... I mean, I have a lifetime... I I feel like I signed a 10-year contract with Neiman for U.S. Opens and PGA Championships. One of the reasons I'm excited maybe about the merger is I don't have to worry about his um, losing a status because of the bullshit. Um, So I'm in on that. And anytime stats are measured in an event that Mito plays, he seems to be fantastic.
2: Oh, I I agree. Cust, I, I meant to ask you. Do you think that you could have tackled Adam Hadwin like the security guard did?
4: Absolutely, I could have. I'm agile and quick enough. I can strafe. I used to play tackle football. I could do
2: that. You think that you're agile and quick? Agile enough and quick enough, yes.
3: See, I don't think Tim comes around the block with the swim move like that security guard did as he comes around clears taylor and the caddy with a great swim to make that tackle tim doesn't have that form to be in that position
4: did you see one of the tweets from one of the live guys it was fantastic it was like this just shows the the second tier rate the pga is on live everybody Knows who the golfers are. No one gets tackled running (laughs) on the green. Yeah, everybody knows the golfers because because the PGA has so many people no one's ever heard of that they get tackled.
2: Well, I I mean that it wasn't from a live guy. That was from like a live bot account, which might be a parody account. I'm not entirely sure. But the easy answer to that question is that there's no one at live events. So the only players, the people that are there, are the players, and of course they would know each other. They're all on the same team.
4: Oh please, Valderrama will be packed in a couple of. They're in uniform. Yeah, exactly. People, anyway, I thought that was funny. Yes, I could have tackled Adam Hadley like that. I mean, I'm I'm fast enough.
2: I mean, I I think your best chance was he didn't realize that he was going to be tackled and you could just kind of hit him when he's not looking.
4: Well, that's absolutely true, though. That is absolutely the case. He did not know he was going to be. It didn't occur to him that security... Was going to tackle him because he was spraying champagne, which he had in his hand for some strange reason. Uh, I don't know why he's standing with the bottle. Anyway, uh, you don't know. You, you, don't,
2: you don't know why he had a bottle of champagne.
4: Well, like, no, not really. I mean, it's, it's cold. It's raining. It looked like they were right there for four holes. It didn't look like he was going to win on that hole. It's a prop.
3: Like, I guarantee. You know, someone from Golf Canada said, "Here's like here." Yeah, and I probably may have had one for Tommy or for Hatton and Rose. They wanted to hug Tommy. Like I don't think you're you're way overlooking how the champagne got there. His tournament staff and director. Okay,
2: yeah, Hadwin didn't pull it out of his bag and be like, "Oh, I, here's my lucky champagne."
4: Well, see, this is what I thought happened. That he was like carrying around a bottle of champagne. Why? Why no would you? Th- to- why
2: would you think that?
4: Because how else would he get a bottle? It didn't occur to me that that. Someone from Golf Canada was going to give him a bottle of Dom and say, "Hey, if so and so makes this seventy foot putt, go spray him down with it." Well, they because if that were the case, then wouldn't the security have been tipped off?
2: No, because they probably gave Hadwin or Hadwin when they were all went out with all the Canadian golfers and they were standing next to Weir and whoever. He probably said, "Like, hey, have a bottle of champagne ready for me in case Nick Taylor wins." Yeah, the rental... I guess. I mean, what do you mean you guessed? That's exactly way. what fucking happened. The rental security detail would not be okay. privy to, like, every discussion of what is going to possibly happen. Oh, bro like, they're, Jeff,
4: those, are gone, those guys aren't there all the, the time. Property. Those
2: are rentals. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Tim and August. And yes, that is his name. No chance of winning
1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: I had come in here because I, I only have one bet in. and I think it's a similar bet that a lot of people have when we all bet Max Homa after Tory Pines at 50 to 1. I mean, that's a future I've been sitting on now for four months. But I have no other U.S. Open bets coming into this because I wanted to roll it through with you. Is that, do I just like single barrel or double barrel ramen scheffler and just call it a week or do I do the because you mentioned cam Smith I like Cam Smith a lot I like Jordan a lot even someone like Matt Fitzpatrick I like a lot uh Bryson uh, I brought up I kind of like him I like Neiman there's guys down the board that I do like, but I mean it just feels like if Scotty can butt the field average he's gonna win by ten strokes
3: I mean we've sort of been waiting <laughs> waiting for that um I know like all, the course is this, this great unknown, but is the winner player profile going to be really any different than what U.S. Opens have delivered us since we started talking about them, Pat? Like, I'm not really expecting that.
2: No, and I, I mean, I could, listen, cuss might be right and it might be Aaron Hills-esque, but I think the big difference between Aaron Hills and here is that Aaron Hills relies on wind in order to protect itself. This place does not rely on wind to protect itself. So it has those weird contours in the green. I can see this being a lot like Chambers Bay, which I think was minus five.
3: Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of us have made the comparisons. I don't know so much to looking like Chambers Bay. Not that, but just like when I saw Chambers Bay, when I saw this, like I've never seen a place like looks like this. It's almost like people familiar with the area have almost described it as its own, like, its own ecosystem, like, almost there. Like, the habitat is almost, like, different than anywhere in the surrounding areas. It's quite a special, special place. Well,
2: I stayed in WeHo about a month ago, and I, apparently I was 10 minutes from the course, wouldn't have known. I'm hyper fascinated
3: um, with it. That's for sure. Has it hosted a U? I know the Walker Cup, people make a big deal about that. But what was, bit like, obviously a different generation of golfers, but has it ever hosted major championships?
2: No, it's never hosted, a like, a professional major championship. It may have an AM somewhere down the line. So the last new ones that we've seen, this will be a first-time major venue this year. Uh, previous to that was the PGA Championship at Harding Park uh Morikawa won, then it was Aaron Hills before that, which Brooks won. So and then it was Chambers Bay, I believe, before that, uh, that Jordan Spieth won. And, you know, you were devastated when DJ three putted the fine with the 70 second hole to allow Speeth to win back to back majors that year. So I, I actually think Spieth is super live here. Um not only because like the strategy stuff, whatever. I know that he's probably going to have a pretty good strategy, but I think we can't overlook the fact that he's just simply playing really good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's playing really good, and I feel like the winning score will work for him and his ability to make the great parse. And um, if, the I, can't, ang- if the, I can't deny it.
2: If the angles thing really does come into play, obviously, Heritage is weird because it, does, it doesn't it does favor shorter hitters, but it allows shorter hitters into the field uh, to be more competitive, where I don't think it's going to be so much the case with this course, where you're going to need to have some distance. But like M- Matt Fitzpatrick, we've seen Jordan Spieth up his distance a lot of the time, the drive- Driving's actually been quite good for him, and the irons have been hot and cold, but when they got hot this year, they're super hot. We just haven't seen the insane speed putting rounds that we're used to, and it feels like we're kind of betting on one of these guys that we know can get hot with the putter, but just haven't been showing it recently. Yeah, and he, I
3: mean... Listen, everything has been an uptake, an uptick from him. Even if you look at the total driving, the driving distance, right? Like it's continues to improve. It puts him maybe in a chance to to compete. He's still been spraying it a bit, but yeah, I guess the the unknowns make him a, what I assume will be a very very popular pick once you sort of get past like the super
2: guys at the top. Want to remind everyone again to play in the Listener's League on DraftKings. That's down in the description right now. Additionally, I am giving away $500 cash to one of you. Out there you want to get in the draw It's super easy subscribe rate and review the Pat Mayo experience audio podcast Apple Spotify wherever you listen to your podcasts but if you do the Apple one just leave a five star review say something nice even if you've already done it bump yourself back up to the top of the list include your email or Twitter handle so I can identify that it's you with the other ones. Whatever podcast service it is, sometimes they don't allow you to leave reviews, just ratings. If you have done the rating, just like screenshot it to me on Twitter or email the patmayoexperience at gmail.com, whatever it might be, uh, you can do that. That's 15 ballots per rating into that draw for the $500 cash. To get eight ballots in the draw, sub to the Mayo Media newsletter. I mean, it's a great newsletter anyway. It's also completely free. That's down in the description. You get three ballots for subscribing to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube and one ballot apiece for every retweet, every share of any U.S. Open tweet this week. Additionally, beyond the $500 cash, I'm also giving away an annual membership to FantasyNational.com. Everyone should just be a member at FantasyNational.com anyway for all the research, all the stats, lineup generator, ownership projections, head-to-head simulator, whatever it might be. It's all a part of the membership. But in order to win this one, it's the same stuff that you have to do to get into the draw, but you need to be a member at FantasyNational.com already. So go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get yourself 20% off. Just get the weekly. to Get yourself into the draws. Eight bucks. You win, you know, a, a free $250 membership or, you know, you can end up winning the uh, the $500 draw. And it's it's been pretty good to a lot of people out there. A lot of winners the past two weeks. Generally, Jeff, when you and I get hot with guys at the top of the leaderboard, people start cashing big money on DraftKings. Yeah. I mean, I had
3: my stance on Canadians, Pat, but Fleetwood Hatton Hubbard, like I didn't have a big card last week. Like I was on that shit, but can't complain. And I just hit two playoffs with Grillo and Hovland. Sort of me knew I could have been screwed going into that thing yesterday. When, when we didn't get 18. Oh yeah. Um, is there anyone you're just putting red ink through? Like maybe you just think this guy doesn't have the composure to deal with what might happen this week. Like, I'm not even trying to pick on Hatton, who I love. Um, But, you know, as I joked before the last major, no one's numbers get crushed before a major ever more than Hatton, but statistically seems like a top 10 player on tour this year. And the way he played holes three through six at Oakdale on the weekend, Pat, those aren't L.A. Country Club U.S. Open holes, but those were, like, the meat. And he handled, like, the hardest holes better than he did the easy holes. So... On the bitches, like on the big bitches, like he is getting, he's getting what he needs to get done. On the other hand, do you think he's maybe just too much of a spaz fest for a Barranca to to ruin a day? Like you're going to have to keep your composure this week big time it seems
2: yeah you you might want to try to I mean that's why Brooks and DJ have been so successful at US Opens or just nothing really seems to bother them all that but the only thing that bothers Brooks is Bryson so as long as they're not paired (laughs) together he should be fine going through everything I I kind of agree with you I think the one guy that I would put an X through and it's mainly because of the odds like I know that Patrick Cantlay held the course record here before Max Homa did but if you're going to give me Cantlay at worse odds than Rory like give me a fucking pass on that yeah
3: love you Pat we've gone to the well in so many majors you, have. you will now have to win one without me he is now 16 to 1 right that's For, essentially 14, the no- 14 to 1 14. a DraftKings sports book okay so now again we we keep talking about it with Pat but I feel like we keep getting shorter Pat odds and now what we're being asked do you I think Patrick Hantley will win a major one day I don't doubt it do I have the stone cold 150% certainty he will win a major? Like the other guys we watched win majors under their first major under 20 to 1 in our time together. Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, John Rom. Like, do you know what I mean? So now your number's just too short. It's your first major. Uh, maybe you can get me to Xander if we see something like get into the mid 20s this week, maybe.
2: I see a 22. But I'm out
3: on. 20, I'm out on
2: 22 on Xander.
3: Maybe, I, I maybe, and maybe I'll feel like an idiot to pick the other guy. And maybe I don't even know why I attached them other than their friends. And they let me down in majors. Like they let down many of us, but I can't do this. Cantley number. I can't do it. I wouldn't even want to, par- well, I'd love to parlay it and win a bet, but I'm not even going to try to do that because it's just too low to start with good luck, Pat win it. Sheffler is Sheffler
2: is seven to one. Rom is ten to one. Brooks is twelve to one. And Rory is now let's see. Rory moved up to eleven to one, then moved back to fourteen to one. I guess they weren't taking enough Rory money. And Patrick Cantlay is also there at fourteen to one at the moment. So those are your five favorites. Cantlay doesn't seem like he's in that class of player. I mean, Rory doesn't fucking feel like he's in that class of player at the moment either. It feels like it's Sheffler, Rom, and Brooks. Those are your three. I. Going into this, it just felt like Rom, I think Rom's top 10 rate at California courses, although I know this isn't POA, there's no Kakuya. it's Bentgrass Greens, it's Bermuda Rough, so it's a lot different than a lot of the other California courses. But I wouldn't say that, like, outside of the rough type, that Riviera and Torrey Pines actually have a ton in common, or even when you factor it out with Max Homa. Like, do you really think that Napa, Riviera, and Torrey Pines are all linked in some sort of weird way? I guess the green type, if you're putting well there, sure. But in terms of actual tee to green, it's not super similar in any sort of way but whatever it is in california rom has like an 80 percent top 10 clip or something ridiculous like that
3: i'm a bigger fan of john rom than the other three but my respect for brooks is probably the largest out of all of them i'm not i mean i get i do not expect to make a bet there
2: i really don't but yeah i don't know That, that seems less fun it, it, listen, I do think it seems less fun. And I do think my initial idea of betting one of those two guys having Homa, maybe betting Neiman Sergio or something, although now I have all fucking cuspics, that that would be the week for me, four guys. And it's definitely more fun to do Spieth and Cam Smith and Hideki and Finau and Bryson and whatever. But I feel like I have a better chance to win if I bet Scotty Scheffler.
3: I thought the same thing and like you the actual like bets like real not like the, the stakes that I'm, I like that are large enough for me it's Hovland and it's Finau and I could I could just do a three-man banger get out of town pick one of them and and be okay I, I mean yeah I keep go- thinking about it but every time I think about it I say no but you could literally I'm so fragile on this subject Pat that if someone I trust, like, gave me a two-minute rant on any three of them, I could be, like, my arm twisted in this moment, too. Like, in deciphering how I would rank them. Um, Yeah. So, I don't anticipate it, but it is it is possible I do it. Brooks does feel like maybe it is a little too low now, but how can you argue? Like, if he's healthy, the stats from majors, he gains a full stroke. Like, It almost feels like he... The long term major stats show that he's gaining almost like a half near near more a half stroke more per round than than the guys we even think are second place. Like it's it's can't comprehend it. And he makes betting seem like an easy game. But I seem to want to make it a hard game.
2: Well, that's been the theme of the year. I mean, I guess Nick Taylor won this week, but kind of the, the obvious choice to bet last week was Hatton or Tommy. And they both ended up in second and third place when it came down to it. It's been the year of kind of the obvious pick. Yeah, and, and
3: yeah, I mean, we've we, we've gotten more outliers than I like. When we before Kittyama won, if you'd have told me we'd be here and we'd have had this many like winners over sixty to one, I would have been like, you're kind of lying. But we have kind of gone back. Like we have kind of gone back to what we're used to, where guys can cash tickets. So Wyndham, Shira Taylor, Grillo. We've
2: seen some longer names, but, you know, the majority before it was like, hey, this like 20 to 50 area was cashing all the bets. And then we moved into a situation from the midpoint last year where if you were under 20 to one, like you basically were the only people who had any chance of winning a tournament. That kind of held true through most of this year. Like the vast majority of winners have come from that section.
3: Yes. And honestly, if we're talking about majors, we shouldn't even like correlate what's happened in the other things. It's true. Like, when was Truth the last
2: me. time that we had like a big number major winner? Woodland?
3: Yeah, it was probably Woodland. I mean, even like Fitz last year kind of felt like Fitz and Cam were both like 30. Right? So they that were, um, no, they were like under because we had the
2: entire discussion oh. about Fitzpatrick that he was like 25 to 1. It's like, what the fuck is he doing at 25 to 1? I, I get that he had won a tournament at this course when he was like a kid, but it turned out to be true.
3: Yeah, you're probably right. It was like, yeah, 25, 28, maybe if you shop there someplace with 30s, but you're right. It was short, and I think, yeah, Cam Smith was like 28 or something, um, but again, it's also just been these young players who we know are great, like that's who's winning the majors and this one if you know you see you talk to people who like actually know the course they talk about this thinking man's game and not necessarily experience on this golf course because not really anybody has that and i honestly don't even give a shit about your match play record because we know like the other guy could have shot five over and you may have shot one over like i don't care if you like i'm not reading in a match play record it's nice to have played here but as far as I'm concerned, no one's really got experience in terms of what the setup, will, in terms of what the course will look like in a U.S. Open setup.
2: So looking at this board at DraftKings Sportsbook, so I said Cantley is a no go for me at 14. Rory's, I'm probably not going to get there at 14 either. Hovland's a no for me at 18. Xander's a no for me at 20. And then we start getting into the range that I like a little bit more. It seems like Jordan Spieth has been t- there. He is. he's at 30 to 1. Now that's a much better number for him as an outright winner. I can see Cam Smith. I have the bet on Max Homa. Hatton has now dropped to thirty to one in real time as we do this, and Smith has swapped spots with him. I like Smith more than I like Hatton. Morikawa, just I don't know. I think if I'm gonna have any Morikawa investments, gonna be on DraftKings rather than outright bet at thirty to one. Although he is the one with seemingly the most success at this course in a competitive Hold sense. Hold on. What?
3: shouldn't you do it the other way? Like, if he is healthy, you want the outright bet. If he withdraws, he gas cans your whole line. He's not going to withdraw. I believe that. Like, I'm more in that thinking. But I'm just saying, like, if he's hurt, if he's actually still really hurt, not going to withdraw, make losing miscut bets, bad bets, guys who come in 50th all the time. Like, the potential... I guess it's all about ownership. Yeah, and no, no one, no one is
2: going to use Colin Morikawa this week because he's coming off of a back injury. But so I think that being able to leverage him in DraftKings is probably more sensible than putting an outright bet on him right now. And if I can bet him or Spieth at the same number, I'm probably going to bet Spieth.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I really wish he was healthy. Or, or I don't know. Not even. I just. I wish I didn't. He could have shot three over in that Sunday where he withdrew. I just wish I didn't know about the back spasms. I'm not a Morikawa guy. I really feel like I would like to bet him.
2: Uh, Okay, what what number would it take? Because I don't think 30 is generous enough for the information that we have. And I honestly don't think the back is going to be affecting him that much. Back spasms aren't something that typically, like, you could have a back injury. That's one thing. And that lasts like forever. Back spasms, as someone who has back spasms like twice a year, they last like two days and then you're fine. Yeah, and they might not come up again for three months. Absolutely. So just make sure that he hires someone to take his laundry out of the dryer for him. You know, he'll be fine. Did you see Cuss was on Tour Junkies last week? And he said that caddies should put, he thinks that there should be a service where someone puts the tea in the ground for you on golf courses.
3: I saw that. That's as insane as the elevator button.
2: <laughs> it does, well, it like, At least with the elevator button, I get the lazy person functionality behind someone to press the buttons on the elevator for you because it's just pure laziness. Then you don't have to do it. But if someone was to put the tea in the ground for you, they don't know how you want the tea in the ground. It's not like there's a stock tea height for everyone. So then you're sitting there be like, no, that's too high. No, that's too low. It would actually take longer for someone else to do it. It's such
3: a it's one of his dumbest ideas. Um, one of his dumbest. I have to admit, I'm probably the only person in our orbit doesn't have a max home of fifty to one this week. Oh I don't no. Know.
2: You're gonna be on the outside just, looking in when Max wins by twenty.
3: Yeah, I'll be on the outside looking in. Um and again, I don't like This might be really silly, and this might be a way to prop up guys with not the greatest major championship track records, but this course seems so different than all the other major championship courses that, I don't know, maybe, like, this can be fine for those guys who haven't had success on the traditional layouts that we've been going to for these U.S. Open and PGA championships, if that makes any sense
2: potentially so i'm trying to think of the ones that looked a little bit different than the other major championships that we've been to recently it feels like port rush was kind of like that and i guess lowry ended up winning but you did have like fleetwood and you know brooks i mean there's a guy that uh, brooks doesn't enjoy playing with but i don't think jb holmes is in the field this week i saw that he was like trying to cheat in four man scrambles or something like that yeah but you know who is in the field sam bennett Oh, I mean, the DraftKings play of the week, Sam Bennett.
3: Yeah, you keep him away from Brooks.
2: Does he play super slow?
3: Yeah, he was really pissing Brooks off at the Masters.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe that's what we need. If, if the tournament organizers are listening and we don't bet on Brooks, we send out Cantlay and Sam Bennett again in front of him. Or to play with him. It is frustrating playing with someone slow. It's awful. And I, I'm not the fastest player. I actually like stand over my shot for way too long. But I'm quick after that. Like I don't need to line shit up for a while. I just you know, need to calm down a little bit.
3: Yeah, no, listen, and you could, like, if you are with your group and they know you and you've got this one quirk, but you also, like, are quick in, like, these five other aspects, and I feel like you get a free pass,
2: Well, the way that, that makes any the, sense. The way that I've described it, because Ooh. the one guy who complained about it to me, and I'm much faster now than when I was, like, changing my – I changed my swing so then I was super uncomfortable over the ball. It's getting much better now. But he was complaining that I take too much time over a shot. I was like, yeah, you shoot 110 and all you do is look for your ball in the woods. I'm shooting 80. Like I, I'm making up the time on you, pal
3: i'm taking 20 i'm
2: taking 20 fewer shots than you hm?
3: yeah or when your ball's in the woods you're like fuck it it's gone you don't make everyone spend like five oh, minutes right. looking for it therefore all the time that like you are taking over a shot you've just you've
2: made up i do not look for unless my ball is on the edge of the woods it's just gone and i'm taking my drop wherever i need to take my drop from it's like fuck that i, I am yeah. Cust is very notorious for going Not that he spends a ton of time doing it, but like, we're just like, even yesterday, we went and played around together and basically his ball landed in a bush of thorns. And I was like, just fucking hit your ball out and hit it from like right here. Like you don't need, and just he'll walk into the thorns. He'll get all cut up and then he'll complain for an hour and a half that he's all cut up from fucking thorns. It happens like four times a year. It's like, just, just take your ball out. Like we're not playing for money here. We're not in a tournament. Like you don't need to rip up your legs to go hit this shot, which you're not going to be able to hit anyway. Exactly. Um, you like Cam Smith. I
3: mentioned he's everyone's sort of gone to speak. He is the quirky, coarse guy. Um, I've heard some people like make note that, and I don't know, we say this a lot, right? Like, we say it at the Masters. There's a lot of places where we say it, we're like, Australians will like maybe like feel more comfortable here. Well, I've heard that a bit this week, so um. He's the shortest Australian on the board, and the first one I'm going to talk about, I promised he will not be the last, but Cam Smith is a player that I don't know, man. I keep going back to him. I see it as high as 30. If his season, if he didn't actually start preparing to golf until the Masters, then I think we're in a perfect spot right now
2: in some ways for me
3: to think I can make this bet
2: the pushback I got when I bet Cam Smith at the PGA Championship and it turned out those people were very correct and I was very incorrect that it was just too tight of driving for him and he got it going so bad especially on the par fives at Oak Hill that it kind of took him out of contention and the only reason that he battled back to be in contention was he just made every putt on Sunday and that's a great factor to have with Cam Smith that he can do that and he gained almost 8 strokes putting at the PGA Championship. The approach was really good too. We know the around the green game is and I continue to hammer on the fact that once you get off the tee box I do think that Cam Smith is the best player in the world unfortunately being good at driving is kind of a prerequisite to being an amazing player now if Tim is right and these fairways are let's say it's somewhere in between hard fairways and hitting the fairway and what Tim thinks it is that you know everyone in the world is going to hit 100% of the fairways that if he can get away with being a bit wild off the tee then I think he's super live because with the weird like as was described to me that there's going to be very few flat lies at this place, which does lead me to a spieth. And I think Cam Smith is another good one because where are the last few places that we've seen, like the three courses that stick out in your mind that don't have flat lies? Kapalua, Augusta, and probably St. Andrews are the places. Actually, TPC Deer Run is another one that's probably on that list. uh, But that's a, a lot easier and a lot shorter than LA Country Club is going to be. But, I mean, Cam Smith is someone who's had a lot of success at all of those places.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, not to say that you have to make a decision. You're mentioning you might bet both. I'd slightly lean. I I lean Cam over Jordan. Um, I'm excited for thinking, I don't know, in my head, he hasn't started. His golf season started just a few months ago. So maybe he's ready to win this thing. Maybe I'll look at more at what's happening off the fairways. A pat. There is a, I don't even know what they would let me get down, which is the problem. There's a book that I was bitching about before that is Xander at twenty five.
2: Maybe they'll let you get down two seventy-five on them. Two dollars yeah. and seventy-five cents. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh
3: yeah. So can I guess yeah, Cam is Okay, well the let guy me ask it- you
2: if you had Xander, if you if you have a Xander twenty five available to you and you have a Cam Smith thirty, I'm betting Cam Smith. If they were both twenty five, I would bet Cam Smith over Xander.
3: Yep, you're probably right. I don't like calling anyone flaky, so I'm not going to do it with Xander, but he does a lot of things that really bother me sometimes. For a guy as amazing as I believe he is. The
2: the worst, um, the worst part about it is, like, in terms of that bet, at least Cam Smith kind of lets you know where he's at very early on. Like, as soon as he kind of like he kind of lingered for a little bit of the PGA championship in the earlier rounds, then he kind of took himself out of it. It's like, well, he's not going to come back and win. Xander is the king of the false hope, because he might be five under through six holes or five over through six holes, but eventually he just kind of finds his level and he'll either make four doubles in a row or he'll birdie seven holes in a row. It doesn't really seem to matter what the course is like between. I think that Xander's a better player, but if you have Finau at double the odds, not that I want to bet Finau, but I find that they're kind of similar.
3: I'm in on the Finau 40s.
2: I, I bet Finau
3: 40. Um, uh, Yeah. You know me. I'm like a sucker. Players I love never want to major like that's that's my recipe for losing money in major weeks so Finau 40 um I don't even like there's been no one actually has comp courses but Finau seems to hold his way uh at a few of the places I've heard Riviera's come up I feel like Shinnecock came up um, um I don't even know great.
2: well on my research show Greg which everyone should go back and watch because Greg has played the course a whole bunch of times he mentioned Memorial Park as one where Fino has recently won. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Not that I needed that. And I remember.
3: Yeah. I remember. I did watch your show. Uh... Doesn't, doesn't
2: sound like you did. You don't need to lie.
3: No, I did watch it. You could ask me another question from it. I'll get it right.
2: Who did I pick to win?
3: Well, that would have been at the very end. But I could tell you like lots of things you said and players you spoke about.
2: Are you sure? Tell me tell me a little bit about the show. Give me your review.
3: No, it was a good show. We had Greg on. We spoke about you guys spoke about the DFS Open. <laughs> uh you know, listen, it was a long day. I was like in, in my transit, I was listening. Um, you thought you maybe you'll have to ride a Minwu Lee experience again, and that's another Aussie that maybe I can get to I can get to later. You you did a long bit on Hideki, a deep dive. Um I might not have like, contained everything, but I promise you I listened. You
2: mean ret- my- R- re- retained everything? Yeah,
3: I might not have retained everything, but I-, I listened. I did.
2: Okay, let's go to the... We've covered everyone basically from... I mean, Dustin Johnson's 35 to one as well. Fitz, I just feel like all the Brits are overpriced. Not that I dislike them at all, but Hatton at 30 is a no-go for me. Fitz at 35 is probably the most reasonable... Tommy is 40 to 1. Where did Rose go? Rose is 40 to 1. Like, you know, big no thanks on those. If Tommy was 80 to 1, yeah, absolutely. 40 to 1? When I could bet Bryson at 45, who's won a U.S. Open, I'd rather take that. Or Justin Thomas, who's right away 50 to 1. I agree. That seems
3: silly. And of everyone you named, like the 35s on Fitzpatrick, he brings that OTT cheat code in, and he's just in optimal spots. Like, he could be... um, I guess the double up no one I Curtis Strange. Uh, you know, we'll hear about that 17 times. He'll probably tell us. Uh, but yeah, thirty-five to one versus the Rose and Tommy numbers for Fitz definitely seem like or even the Hatton number probably seemed like the way to go with uh that group.
2: No, that the Hatton I think Hatton at 30 is a terrible bet.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. The yeah. Fitzpatrick numbers is seems to be like a way better bet than all the I agree. All the Englishmen around them. At Fitz at 35 seems like a great bet. Here, here's um, the, here's too many words.
2: Here's the weird thing about Fitzpatrick the the chipping's been relatively good and we know that goes up and down tournament to tournament, but overall it's been very consistent. It's been very good. The putting has been very good as well. The off the tee has been you know big, not even spike weeks, but consistently over three strokes gained per tournament. It's the irons that have been the problem. He's gained more than two strokes on approaches once. Since winning the U.S. Open last year, it's when he won at Heritage. (laughs) That's surprising. So if he hits his irons well, he's probably going to (laughs) win. But he never hits his irons well.
3: Have you um, made a a final thought on on Hideki? Or that's a silly question for Monday.
2: I I don't know yet, because I mean, a lot of who I want to bet. Like, yes, he's on the short list of guys in this range that I do want, but. It all depends if I bet Scheffler or Rom. Like if I bet Scheffler or Rom, I'm not betting any of these guys. Yeah, that makes. Maybe it's bet Scheffler and Rom. Would I even get to victory lap a win if I bet those two guys?
3: I mean, people no. wouldn't let you, but but I don't know. I mean, I've bet guys to score first touchdown at seven, 12 to one, and been happy when they went when they score. But you know, that's a fifteen minute sweat. <laughs>
2: I don't know. No, I I agree with you. So the 40 to 100.
3: Berenzi would tell you you can. And us like golf snob idiots like need to get our heads out of our ass. That was nice when we worked in a news pit with him and we sort of like talk about those low guys and how great they were and how we think they're going to win. But we're not betting them. He was like, okay, I'll bet
2: them. Yeah, but they never won back then. We went through like an entire year and a half stretch where the betting favorite never won a golf tournament. That is also very, very true. So it, it goes in waves. It's like technology. It's very cyclical in that way. Shout out Dennis from 30 Rock. So 40 to 100, you got your Fenows, Hideki, Bryson's in this range. Like, What do you make of Thomas at 50? I think it's fair that he's 50 to 1. He's been playing like crap, but it's just a really big number to see next to Justin Thomas. I mean, I fair, right?
3: I still didn't make me bet it. And I've dumb enough, like I've been on that wagon where like, oh shit, it's like 27. I have to go. Oh shit, we've crossed 30. We have to go. Well, I gotta admit, like, I think I'm that's me tapping. I'm tapping. It'll be annoying because the number will be upset to have missed. It's not like missing a 12 to 1 or something. You'll get over that. Uh- this will be a number big enough where like ah, oh, you're such an idiot and your peace of mind. We'll be wavering, but that's that's what we do. We'll be right back next week playing the Travelers.
2: And look at the rest of this rage. Like, Day, Fowler, Burns, Lowry, Connors, Wyndham Clark, Tim's pick to win, Adam Scott is in here as well. They're all between 50 and 75. They're kind of nothing, all these guys. Like, just a big no thanks for me. Like, I don't see big, really any differentiation between these guys and the guys from 80 to 100.
3: I wish I could trust Jay, but I just... I just can't, and like I've already mentioned, him and maybe I'm concerned about it when it comes to Hovland. Like they don't seem like very strategic golfers. It's like C pin, attack pin, let's go. Um, I have that guy in Hovland. I don't know that I can get there in Sungjae, but I, I mean, if I had a, like a fifty-five to one on Sungjae at Christmas, I probably would have bet in it. Good thing it wasn't there. Connor seems like a great fit. Can he win? Like, DraftKings, I'm sure he'd be perfect. Like, I love Corey Connors this week. If he wins, I'd be thrilled just like I was for
2: Nick Taylor. I'm not betting it, though. Okay. So, that gets us to the back end of this range, which is populated with guys I really like. So, we talked we have Adam Scott, Mito, Reed, Siwoo, Neiman, Keegan, Tom Kim, and now we're at 100-1. to 1. I really like Neiman. I like Cust, like Mito Pereira. I kind of like Patrick Reed. Bro.
3: So I'm already in on the Chileans, and um there's the 125 and 150, Pat, on them.
2: Can you somewhat describe what the book looks like?
3: Very popular, both countries, easily accessible.
2: Does it have gotta like say, does it have a different name in both countries? Yeah, it does. Then, yeah, I will uh, take those odds. <laughs> Although I kind of yeah, I mean, want them. E- the problem is I kind of want them with the each way <laughs> is the problem. So maybe like
3: you, pl- you play a percent, like a smaller stake on those ones, and you also find your each ways at the numbers that you can get. But I'm just letting you know, um, I think long, hard golf courses, those are two guys I've looked at um, I am always could have attention to literally oh, yeah. unknown 100 shit.
2: Uh, 150 to one wow 150. yeah i shows. going that's too much unknown
3: Sorry. shit show screams patrick reed to me like unknown and it could be a shit show i love your patrick reed call uh you wouldn't even need to have said it for me to get there and again i feel like people got disappointed what no was it memorial adam scott man Like, can we keep turning this guy away? Isn't he 100 on the book I just told you about?
2: No, he's down to 80. Patrick Reed is 100, though.
3: (laughs) Adam Scott, if Aussies are going to be comfortable here, he's hitting it well. Okay,
2: why do you think that Aussies are going to be comfortable here?
3: I don't know. People said the layout, the angel, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like a weird spaceship, Royal melbourne I I don't know. I don't know.
2: I now, honestly don't wait, know, but I've heard straight, it more wait,
3: than once from people I trust. So, like, two people said it? Yeah, but I haven't done a ton of research either. So okay. that's, like, a high percentage. Fair enough. I mean, listen, you don't have to walk this plank with me, and I haven't even walked it yet. But I blindly am an idiot because I – well, no. I like Cam Smith. Adam Scott's sort of doing everything right. If it's going to a veteran this week, it's going to Adam Scott – Um, we cross a hundred and you could even talk me into Min Woo Lee. And if guys can bomb the shit out of it, Ryan Fox. So like, I have an interest in deep diving Australia.
2: Well, Ryan Fox isn't from Australia, New Zealand.
3: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's insulting to people when you do that wrong. So I apologize. I make that mistake more than once.
2: So looking at, I just pulled up Kapalua stats. You know who the best two players of Kapalua are per round? Cameron older. Smith. Uh, Neiman and Rahm. Every, mm-hmm. I, if It, it just kind of feels to me like all signs point to Rom And lost in Scotty Scheffler's weird memorial was Scheffler, I mean, Rom led the field in approach and lost over five strokes putting. And, well, listen, sometimes Rahm is not the best putter in the world. He tends to be a very good putter most of the time. Like, throughout the course of his career, he's averaging 1.2 strokes gained per tournament over 135 tournaments in his career. Over the last 10, gaining 2.2. Over the last five tournaments, gaining 1.3. This isn't Scheffler, where he's just randomly losing nine strokes putting every single week. So it was an abnormally bad tournament for him on the greens. He still gained 11.4 strokes tee to green. He was still inside the top 10, led the field and approached. The driving was fine. Gained nil around the green, so he broke about even. If you can just turn his putter back around, which he's always kind of shown himself to be able to do at California courses, albeit this is on bent grass and not POA, that it just, doesn't he feel like he's a distant second and maybe even third because Brooks is coming off a major championship win, which is crazy to think considering he won the Masters two months ago i agree but does his number get like
3: would there ever be a 14 on rom this cares week? i'm looking at a 12 right now yeah i guess who gives a shit 12 14 it's the same and you're dumping you're emptying yeah your that clip that on that, that ends
2: correct. up being the bet you open the clip on that and you're good to go
3: like uh, it's majors and i'm weak and i love betting the guys that i like the most and of but the I, big boys, He's but I the can one even I do it be, most.
2: because and, you just pointed out the that, those Neiman and Mito numbers to me. Like, I can actually do that now that I bet 125 and 150. When they were 60 and 80, then it becomes a bit more problematic when you're trying to allocate your money over. these numbers make it certainly feasible. Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, the cart you can add him behind your max and you pick a guy, you know, Spieth or Cam. And I don't think it's that crazy. I, I don't think- know. It's a major, I'll be overexposed
2: see i'm gonna try not to be maybe rom ah, do i want cam i mean i do really like that cam smith jordan spieth combo but I c- i'm kind of digging bryson at 50. Yeah. anyway from beyond 100 to 1 I was talking about Minwoo Lee earlier on in the week. I'm probably kind of... Maybe I'll be on for DraftKings purposes, but not as a bet to win the tournament, mainly because I, I don't like his odds. He's 110 to 1 right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. He's a little bit deeper at some other spots. Like The best of these values from down here, if Woodland can putt 150, as a guy who's won a U.S. Open in California before, I think makes some sense. Sergio at 200, I think makes some sense. That's probably it for me. Shout out to uh, I was shout out to Gordon Sargent, who on DraftKings is three hundred and fifty to one, and Luke List is four hundred to one.
3: <laughs> I guess the unknown ceiling of Sargent is worth the known is worth more than the known quantity of of Luke List. Um, shoot! Oh, I'll tell you whose number I thought. I could see in triple digits today, and I'm sad that I didn't. And maybe I'm dumb for thinking I would, Pat. And it's your boy, Siwoo Kim.
2: Yeah, he's triple digits on that same book with the 125 and the 150. Oh, okay. But yes. Oh, I
3: just, yeah. Oh. yeah, no, I think he's been playing great. He's been playing consistent. Like, I like it. And I don't know if it's going to just, he can just pepper. When everyone else is having troubles, like I don't know, I'm attracted. Maybe he'll be all he'll be all over my DraftKings, which is, might be dangerous. The limited DraftKings I have because I'm out of region, but I will have some.
2: Oh, for sure. Past 24, actually let's expand that to past 36. And you can get all of these numbers very accessible very easily in real time like I'm doing right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo get you that 20% off, so it's 8 bucks for the week. And then you get into the draw as well if you do the other things uh, for a free annual membership. The best putters on bent grass Greens coming into this tournament over the past 36 rounds. You want to take a guess? Play Family Feud style, top 10. Um, I don't know,
3: uh John Rom. Yeah, two more X's. Like we're we talking good players or just players in general?
2: Anyone in the field.
3: Jordan Spieth. Eh.
2: Patrick Cantley. Number one. Answer Patrick Cantley.
3: Fuck, of course. Yeah,
2: I know. All the stats are gonna like it happens every major, uh, every stat will point to Patrick Cantley. <laughs> uh, the other oh, the others inside there. And I thought this, there's one name in particular that's very interesting Cantley and Denny are one, two, Rose is number three, Keegan is number four. Keegan.
3: He could be in firm monster. Denny could be popular, but I actually trust Denny. Yeah.
2: Like not to win, but the, the moment like, like, you trust Denny McCarthy is the moment it doesn't work. Remember the Honda this year? Uh
3: yeah, that's that's fair. Um We haven't mentioned Cam Young who goes off as high as 50s. Is it just a total write off for everyone, or has it gotten maybe to a point of, of get back in this sucker?
2: Well, if you can bet Cam Young or Justin Thomas at the same number. Who would you have more faith on that their like A plus game gets it turned around and that they could actually win the U.S. Open, like besides being like there's a chance Cam Young's on the long driving circuit in a year based on these numbers. Like that's it.
3: Yep. No, that's a very fair point. Like, yeah, Cam Young, it's a bigger number than it was a month ago, and you know you would have been giggling at Christmas, but you're right. Today, the players around him, I would probably rather have four or five of them.
2: Sure, and you know, twice in his career has he ever lost strokes off the tee in his career on the PGA Tour, which is an amazing number. But, like, his putter is getting to be, like, he's turning into Luke List in a weird amount of ways, except he barely spikes his, spikes his approaches. He has some big, like, losing approach weeks, which is not great, and he's not great around the greens. So when you're consistently losing over three strokes per week on the greens, like, what are you doing for me? Maybe you will have a spike putting week. We've seen it happen once or twice for him. He still didn't win. Like he has the profile of someone I like to bet at 100 to 1. As uh, I think moment. the Ricky
3: Fowler I think the Ricky Fowler number is ridiculous, but at the same time I hope so badly he T20s this week and Pat does live the live guys coming back. Did we just did they just gas can Ricky's Ryder Cup spot, I guess?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ricky needs to win now. Something yeah, something, anything, something. but I mean not anything. If he wins the Rocket Mortgage, like with the live guys, I mean, which live guys are you really going to take? Like, if based on their performance up to right now, Brooks is probably the only one that still gets a spot. Now, if DJ comes out and plays great, DJ's on the team. If Bryson comes out and plays great, Bryson's going to be on the team. But they really only have this in the Open Championship to do it.
3: I guess you're right. Gooch's Gooch's hot streak is over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gooch is even in this tournament.
3: Which is a shame, but I agree. whatever. I, I, I agree. No one, no, it, it's unfortunate, and that's bad, and that's that's a low, that's low. I don't know. That plays into a lot of the rhetoric that that created all of this nonsense. Um, again, will anyone miss him not being here?
2: No, but it's still bullshit that he isn't. I'm. I think I've decided that I'm going to bet Rom. So. I think I'm going to wait now. Because you said there's no 14s out there. But I'm seeing him consistently third in most places now. And there's a bunch of different places that currently have 12-1 to odds on him. Brooks has passed him in the betting market Scheffler the highest I've seen is plus 750 so between those two it seems like they're the ones garnering the most interest and then I think you're right about Spieth I think Spieth is going to be popular I think Cantley and Hovland are just inherently popular and we'll see what happens to Rory money it seems to be fluctuating up and down that it does feel like Rom. listen he's not going to be forgotten people are going to bet on John Rom. I just don't think that he's going to have the handle of the other guys which means we may sneak a 13 14 fuck 15 in there somewhere maybe in a day Time I don't want to let it go too long because I I think twelve is probably the number I'm comfortable at I wasn't eight you know twelve and making it thirty three percent higher is a whole lot better fifty percent higher is a whole lot better at that point so I think it's going to be Rom for me yeah uh, I got I love it I love him so quick picks in one and done for the U S Open it's going to be John Rom number to be decided all of this information the finalized betting card is going to be in the mayo media newsletter after i do the show with tambo on wednesday to finalize everything including the weather and all of our one and duns will be on there as well and it gets you ballots in the draw if you subscribe to it if you're previously a subscriber hey you're already in the draw you're good to go so you can get that down in the description along with the listeners league link Uh, so please go do that right now so rom 12 13 14 or 15 but 12 at the min so rom i have the max home of future at 50 to 1 with five places on the each way neiman at 125 Mito at 150 to 1 thank you for that and i feel like it's going to be bryson or cam smith but i haven't made that choice yet bryson or cam
3: smith i want to live
2: a little jeff
3: yeah i don't i don't blame you i mean they're great players and they they're you know there's a finite group who in my opinion can still win majors um so for me i have my victor hovland 28 to 1 future i have tony finau 40 to 1 uh i did mention i have a bryson at 72 but have to go back in again for me to even like care about it because that book wouldn't let me do much with it and i've played the chileans on those big numbers we were talking about um yeah i like them both this week so that's where i am and maybe Camp smith maybe maybe shorter but not a lot is really calling me at this moment weird we will i'm looking to spend money i'm looking to spend my money
2: we will be doing the Cut Sweat Live show on Friday, Jeff Cust and I, and no time TBD. It's going to be very late because this is on the West Coast. We'll get a sense of that on Thursday, but be rest assured that we are going to have our Cut Sweat show sometime during Friday evening this week. As a reminder, Cuss, top three picks. is medalist picks, Wyndham Clark, Mito Pereira, and Joaquin Neiman. I have bet two of those guys, so fuck me, right? Those are... <sighs> blowing money up at least they're super long odds Rory Scheffler and Ricky have no chance of winning according to Cuss Cuss one and done is Windy C Wyndham Clark which means Jeff who is your one and done for the week who did you pick I haven't picked yet I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler yes Scotty Scotty Scheffler have I used Rom I don't think that I have I will use John Rom making sure here. What do you think the winning score is going to be? Eight under?
3: Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, six, seven, eight. I don't, I mean, Tim's really the only person, the first and only person I've heard tell me 15 or anything close to that.
2: I could see why he thinks that. It's just the more I dug into the research, and you got to think, like, uh, I'll have this in the newsletter. I think it's actually in last week's newsletter as well. Uh, When Greg did out the, uh, the, like, proximity buckets for a lot of these holes, like, you're going to find a lot of, like, 125 and in shots, both on the par fives and the short par three. And anyone who has to hack it out of the rough is probably going to be in that bucket as well. But now you're trying to save par. And then the rest of the shots are like, 200 to 225 and 225 to 300 on approaches like that's just it's hard to score with those numbers yeah very so even at chambers bay like i didn't find i mean chambers bay did play somewhat difficult and they changed around the fours and the fives on alternating days but the winning score was five hundred. like the u.s open just going to be, if it seems like it's going to get a bit out of control they will crank these greens up that they're unplayable
3: Oh if but, but, so but do you see like a shinnecock possible here where the guys that go off first Saturday end up going last Sunday? I mean it,
2: it, potentially, but that was, a lot of that was weather related too
3: Yeah, and you mentioned unlike Aaron Hills, this place has its own natural defenses. Aaron Hills only defense is win. This place has contouring and and sloping and and just sort of some natural elements that that
2: play as its own defense. Well, that will do it. In length. Yeah, in length. length On the Pat Mayo experience. U.S. Open preview. I hope you enjoyed the show. We already have the research show out. We had the DraftKings pick show out. This show, as you're watching, is now out as well. Best bets with Cam and Rob coming on Tuesday. DraftKings picks, final bets, weather, and the entire DraftKings lineup discussion coming with Tambo on Wednesday yeah, uh, late morning, early afternoon. Then the newsletter comes out on Wednesday evening. Reminder again, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that twenty percent discount. Free to join newsletter, rating and review on Apple and Spotify plus a subscription. Then you send me the information and boom, you're in that draw for five hundred dollars. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.
1: Pat mayo experience.
2: Uh, Jeff, it sounds like Tim is on like a half-second delay or so, so be careful talking over him. I don't think so. I, you can't hear the fucking delay. <laughs> I heard it when I was I suppose know. that's true.
1: Experience!
2: <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.